Welcome you to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, feel free to email it to me. Box13 at greatdetectives.net You can follow us over on Twitter at Radio Detectives. And uh, become one of our friends over on Facebook, facebook.greatdetectives.net Well, before we do get started, I do want to let you know about the uh, Entertainment Book. The Entertainment Book is a great book individualized to your community with great deals on restaurants, dry cleaning, groceries, and many more services that you already use. There are quite a few specials uh, going on. You can go to entertainment.greatdetectives.net, take a look at the book in your area, or go to greatdetectives.net and click on the entertainment's book link. Well, we have yet another uh, Nick Charles, Les Tremaine. Uh, Les Tremaine was uh, inducted into the Radio Hall of Fame for his uh, roles, but he was not uh, best known uh, for his role uh, in The Thin Man. He was uh, uh, inducted for a lot of his uh, dramatic work. Uh, he uh, took over on uh, the first Nighter program, uh, and he did uh, do a lot of uh, sh uh, shows such as One Man's Family. Uh, in addition to that, he uh, did a couple of talk shows that were pretty well known. Uh, the Jackie Gleason Les Tremaine Show. Uh, and also he did one, uh, The Tremaines. Uh, this, uh, there's a case where there's not, for just the huge body of work that he had in his career, there's not a whole lot in existence. But here he is kind of uh, fortunate that people remembered him without having to hear the work. But this episode of The Thin Man is from 1945. It's the last wartime episode and the last pre-1948 episode of The Thin Man. So let's go ahead and take a listen to The Boogie Woogie Murder. Murder, and it all started 
when Nicky Nora Charles of Thin Man fame went out to buy some records. So cash your frame while Nick, Nora, and Cass shoot you the lyrics of murder in the record shop. Okay, Nora. Will you open the door, please? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh dear. There's a young man in there. Um, are you going to be here long? Huh? Are you going to stay here? He's climbing to the ceiling. Uh, is he? Oh, listen. Gut bucket. Really? Chicago style. Like fix. What's he talking, Mickey? Basic English? Oh, this is going to kill me. Well, would you mind dying outside the booth? We'd like to play some records. Listen, just listen. Oh, are you sure he's all right? He's pitching. Oh, well, I think that's what they call being sent, dear. Are you being sent, young man? Sent? I'm being delivered. Oh, listen to this. It's murder. Well, thank you. Do you like that record you just played? Oh, it's terrible. Corny. Too commercial. Are those the records you want to hear? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's the matter with them? Oh, long hairs. Why don't you get out of your long underwear? So long. Hey, was that an insult? No, dear, no. Just a uh, jive talk. Play one of our records, Mickey. Okay, darling. Hey, Nora, what's got bucket? Oh, I don't know, darling. But it sounds to me like some new kind of girdle. Sit down, dear. Hey, what kind of stuff is that? Beethoven's romance, dear. It's about time you develop a taste for good music. What's the matter with my taste? I like to see everything dinosaur sings. You should learn to appreciate the higher form, dear. Oh, hey, John, Mr. Oh, Scott. Mr. Bailey. Nikki, I want you to meet Mr. Benjamin Bailey, the proprietor of the Cadenza Record Shop. Pleased to meet you, Mr. Charles. Oh, you do. Just call me Beethoven funny like everybody else does. Mm-hmm. Well, Mr. Charles, shall I start lecturing at him? Oh, please, Benny. You know, is this some kind of a plot? Uh-huh. Well, Mr. Charles, now you're just listening to a hunk of music called Romance by Ludwig von Beethoven, which is written in Andante. Which means not too fast, but don't fall asleep, you get it? Hey, Benny, where'd you learn about music? Oh, in my youth, I was a bird piccolo player in the Sing Sing Philharmonic Orchestra. Now you take that album there. Shostakovich's Sixth Symphony. Shostakovich was influenced by Prokofiev, Stravinsky, Rachmaninoff, Rimsky, Korsakov, Glazunov, Mussorgsky, and Tchaikovsky. So what happens? So Shostakovich makes what a notes, and if you spend an ear... It sounds a little like Prokofiev, Stravinsky, Rachmaninoff, Rimsky, Korsakov, and Tchaikovsky. Now, they're not to be confused with Beethoven, Bach, Brahms, Mozart, and Papa Haydn, who are of the German school, as against the Russian school. Two nations which are at war today. Which is something to think about, ain't that, Mr. Charles? Oh, oh, yes. Yes, it certainly bears thinking about. Better get along with my suppression. Now, Beethoven was carrying the torch for a hot little tomato called Countess Guicciati. Mm. Now, hark ye. Had a great violin as Buddy Fat can place this passage. It, it, it's sheer perspiration. Uh, well, what's the matter with Freddie? Did he run out of uh, perspiration? No, the record stopped. Something messed up his phonograph. Oh, well, won't it go? No, it's dead. Well, let me push it away from the wall, Benny. Well, what killed it, Nicky? Fradkin's plane? No, baby. 
It was murdered. Oh, phonographs don't get murdered. They die natural death. Well, here's the bullet, Nora. It spiced the motor. Now, who'd want to murder a phonograph? Must be some torpedo who hates music. The bullet came through that wall. There's the hole. What's on the other side of this wall, Benny? Another boat like this. There's just a thin partition of expensive soundproof junk between the boats. Someone in that other booth fired that bullet. Come on. I bet it's one of my competitors trying to ruin my business. Well, there's the door to the other booth. Oh. Steady, baby. Oh, but love me, Kate. that woman. Betty, turn off that record. All right. Uh, it, is she dead? Uh-huh. Three bullet wounds in the head. Betty, you better call the police. Yeah, I'll phone right now. Mickey, do you think the killer's still around? No, darling. If he was smart enough to turn on that record to cover the noise of the shot, he's smart enough to make a quick getaway. He must be a very queer killer, dear. He left his lipstick behind. What do you mean? This lipstick I just found. It's called, um, Passion Smear. Oh, but that probably belongs to the corpse. Uh Uh-uh, it's a different shade. You see? They don't match her lips. Yeah. Hey, listen, no, you wait here. Where are you going? I want to speak to headquarters. This looks like a case for Inspector Gallagher. I'll be back in a minute. Hmm. I wonder if... Oh, I didn't notice that before. This is interesting. Nikki, did you... Oh, who turned off the light? Let go of me! Let go of me! Tell me someone is the killer! Nikki! Nikki! Some people is very thoughtless. With all the record shops in town, that dame had to pick my joint to get murdered. Don't you worry, Benny. You'll get a lot of free publicity. Hey, where are you running, Nick? The light in the booth is out. Come on. Now, where's that switch? That's a light. Nora. Is she cloaked, too? Mm-hmm. No, she's coming too now. Oh, baby. Oh, oh. Benny, turn off that record. No, are you all right? Mm-hmm. As soon as both of you get together, Nicky, I'll be fine. Oh. Oh, I've been robbed. What's missing? The handkerchief I found. It it was under her body. It was a man's handkerchief. Now it's gone. Well, the police will be very interested to find out about this. Well, aren't you interested? Oh, now, darling, for once, just once, can't we mind our own business? Mr. Beethoven Benny, if your wife was attacked by a fiend while a record played St. James Infirmary, would you stand by and do nothing? I don't know. I ain't got a wife. Oh. Well, then, if you, if you had me for a wife. In that instance, I would find a jerk what's done it and tear him apart with my teeth. Oh, thank you, Benny. Well, Nick. Ain't you got no chivalry in your soul, Mr. Charles? Has a knighthood that was once in flower now become a stinkweed? Well, when you put it like that, uh, give me a first off. Here, dear. Oh. Uh, has she got anything interesting in it? Uh-huh. A pair of nylons? Nylons? Oh. Oh, give me, give me. Darling, you've just got to find the person who murdered her. I want to thank him. Nick told me you found a lipstick. That would make the murder a woman. It couldn't have been a woman, Benny. Or she'd have taken the nylons for herself. Yeah, I'm afraid it was a man, Benny. Look at this letter. Dear Margaret, meet me in booth four, Cadenza Record Shop, 5.30 p.m., We'll settle this matter once and for all. John Marty. It's quite another expensive stationer. What's her full name, dear? The envelope says Mrs. Martin Curtis. She's married to the guy who wrote that note. Do you know where he lives, hmm? 
Afternoon, the French book. Martin Curtis, 2065 West 86th Street. Nick, you think it's a crime of passion? Uh, with her figure, Benny, it has to be. Let's go, Nicky. <laughs> Hold on. Try the door. Mm-hmm. It's open. Come in, darling. Hey, look at the floor. Racing forms and old dress shirts scattered all over. Dear, do you think Martin Curtis is a gambler? Racing forms and dress shirts mean only one thing. He's a musician. Let's see what's in the dress. Mm-hmm. More racing forms. What's this, darling? Sarah Reed. And here's something. Discharge papers from Sing Sing Prison. Seems Marty did quite a stretch there. Sing Sing? Why, why that's Beethoven Benny's alma mater. Yeah, he may be mixed up in this, too. Well, what have you got there? Marty's address book. I'm going to keep it. It may be helpful. Let's have a look in the bedroom. Uh, I don't think there's anything in there but more racing forms. <laughs> oh, my... Well. Please. You also. Now, don't be as stubborn gooper. I'll shoot. Do as she says, Missy. Well, all right. Thank you so much. I don't like to kill people. It's so unfriendly. Um, are you wearing, um, passion smear lip rouge? Oh, I guess. Do you like it? It's just my shade, and don't you come any closer. You'd, uh, better give me that gun. Don't be ridiculous. Now, you be nice, or I'll thrill you. (laughs) I'm afraid you're not the type. I'll take the gun. No. You see? I am the type. Oh, let go of my hand. Let go. Drop that Nikki, gun. don't you dare hurt that poor girl. My hand, make him stop. Oh. Okay, I've got the gun now. Didn't any of my bullets hit you? No, I'm afraid your aim isn't very good. Who are you? Trisha Gardner. She's telling the truth, dear. That's the name on a letter in her purse. Oh, you. Oh, well, I'm Nora Charles, and this is my husband, Nick. Nick and Nora Charles? Oh, I've always admired you so much. Your husband is just as handsome as people say. You'll shoot you, Nora. Oh, well, thank you. Darling, look at this letter I found in her purse. Oh, what does it say? Um, unless you come through with $10,000 in cash, you know what will happen to you. This is your last warning. Pat, when did you get this? Today. That's why I took the gun. Have you got 10 grand? Of course. When Daddy died, he left me millions. Why did you come here? Why'd you? To see Marty. Why? Well, I want to marry him. Well, did you know that he was already married? Marty married? He never told me. Did you know that his wife was murdered in the Cadenza music shop today? No. Mm -hmm. Well, that makes everything simpler. He won't have to divorce his wife then. Pat, where'd you get this gun? Oliver gave it to me as a birthday present. Who's Oliver? Oliver Sawyer. He's a senior at Columbia, majoring in abnormal psychology. He thinks I have interesting traumas and wants to marry me. Is, um, this your lipstick? Yes, where'd you get it? It was lying next to the body of Mrs. Martin Curtis. I I didn't kill her. I swear I didn't. Were you in that music shop? I won't tell you another thing. Pat, did you know Martin Curtis was an ex-convict? Yes. He told me about that. He's still on parole. But I don't care. I love him. Uh, Nora, will you um, write a few words on that typewriter for me? All right, dear. Pat, what else did uh, Martin tell you about himself? Well, he was afraid of someone he knew in Sing Sing. Oh, why? 
She said that this person could send him back to jail. Was this person named Benny Bailey? Yes. How did you know? Here, Nikki. The typewriter isn't very good. Yeah. But it's just what I thought. The letter we found in Mrs. Curtis' purse and this threat letter that Pat has were both typed on the same machine. What do you say to that, Pat? You mean Marty? No. I don't believe it. It can't be true. Pat, was the Oliver in the Cadenza music shop this afternoon? Yes. He called me and told me to meet him there. Then you were there, too? Of course, silly. How could I see him if I wasn't there? Oh. Oh, but what am I saying? Oh, dear. Dad, why don't you tell us the truth about all this? All right. May I have a good cry on your husband's shoulder first? Mm-hmm. Use the right shoulder, dear. It's less bumpy. Oh, I'm such a dope. Oh, dear. Oh, there, now, Pat. Let go of my hand. Watch it, Nikki. She's trying to twist that gun out of your hand. No, Pat. You can't get away with it. Ow! Oh. I've got the gun back now. Oh, she bit me. Get your hands up. And move back to the bedroom. I'm going to lock you in. Go on. This time I won't miss. Come, Nikki. Hey, where'd you learn to bite guns out of people's hands, Pat? I heard Nora do it on one of your radio programs. Here's the key. Toodaloo. Hmm. Charming child, isn't she, dear? Oh. Well, how are we going to get out of here? Well, that won't be hard, darling. I've been trapped in apartments before. You can get out very quickly if you have to. This window leads to a fire escape. Come on, dear. Get out of here and see if we can find Martin Curtis. Hello? Hello? Is this Ivory Ike, the hot pianist? It is indeed. Well, this is Nick Charles. You know where I can find Marty Curtis? Try Joe's on 52nd Street. If he ain't there, ask Big Lip Larry, the trumpeter in the band, where you can find him. Well, thank he you, will know. Maybe I can do you a favor someday. You can do me one right now. You know a hot horse in tomorrow's 7th at Jamaica? Oh, um, excuse me. Are you Mr. Big Lips Larry? Yes, ma'am. Well, uh, we don't want to interrupt you, but um, can you tell us where we can find Marty Curtis? Oh, yeah. He was here about an hour ago. He says he's going to Googie Gilbert's joint in the village for a jam session. Well, thank you, Mr. Larry. Say, uh, maybe you know it's a good horse in the seven at Jamaica. Well, darling, this is Googie's. Yeah. Hey, wait a minute, baby. Look who's there. Oh, the jitterbug who was in our booth in the music shop. Well, I want to talk to him. Come over to his table. Uh-huh. Hello there. Oh, the long underwear, kid. You are, um, Oliver Sawyer, a friend of Patricia Gardner and student of abnormal psychology at Columbia, right? How do you know? Never mind, Oliver. What are you doing here? Research. I'm writing a paper on the influence of jazz on post-adolescent youth. You're schizophrenic, aren't you? I wouldn't be surprised. What's your name? Well, I'm Nora Charles, and this is my husband, Nick. Oh. You're a manic depressive. Emma? That's very unusual in a beautiful woman. Uh-huh. Thank you. Can I study you sometime? Uh, well, uh, not uh, just now, Oliver. You see, my husband's a detective. Oh, are you Nick Charles, the famous criminologist? Uh-huh. Tell me, Nick, what's the psychological type of a hatchet murderer? Do you find that they are frustrated butchers or surgeons? Well, suppose I ask you a few questions first, Oliver. 
Do you know Martin Curtis? Sure. That's him playing electric stick. Is he a friend of yours? Yes, and a very interesting type. He leans toward dementia precox. Oh. You want to meet him? Uh, why, yes. I'll send him over. Nikki, do you think he may be mixed up in this? Oh, darling. Well, I think it's Marty Curtis. It's obvious. He had a chance to marry a rich little cat, and his wife wouldn't let him go. Why, he's coming over, though. I'm Marty Curtis. You want to talk to me? Oh, yes. Oliver told me you was Nick Charles, the dick. What's up? Did you see your wife in the uh, Cadenza record shop today? What about my wife? She's been murdered, and... Okay, don't move. I got you covered. What are you... Oh, a gun. You or your guy tries to stop me, you'll get plugged. Did you murder her? You ain't gonna get anything on me. Just sit where you are. Goodbye. Nicky, he's going toward that back room. Don't get up, darling. He means business. He'll shoot to kill. Well, what do we do, Nicky? He went into that back room. Shall we go after him? Nicky, that was a shot. Open that door. Come on. All right. Oh, Nicky, look. He's dead, baby. Bullet in his brain. There's a gun in his hand. He is the killer, Nick. He knew the game was up, and, and, and he committed suicide. No, there's a payphone on the wall there. Phone Gallagher at police headquarters in a hurry. All right, then. Look, where are you going? I'll be back in a minute. There's someone I want to see. Oh. Oh, dear. Hello? Oh, Inspector Gallagher, please. Mm-hmm. Hey, hello, Inspector. Well, this is Nora Charles. Mm-hmm. We've just found Martin Curtis. Mm-hmm. Suicide. Nicky? Oh, well, just a minute. Here he is. He just came back. He wants to talk to you, dear. Oh. Hello, Gallagher. The what bullet? Yeah. Yeah, I see. No, Inspector. I'm afraid Nora made a little mistake. Curtis didn't commit suicide. He was murdered. Uh, take this down, Gallagher. It's the name and description of the killer. <laughs> Anyone been here since I left? No. What happened, Oliver? Marty. Marty killed himself. Killed himself? Oh, this is awful. The best thing that ever happened to you, Pat. What do you mean? Because you killed Mrs. Curtis. I saw you, Pat. I was in the record shop. I saw you kill her through the glass partition of a record booth. And and you knew all along? Yes, Pat. Are you going to tell? I love you, Pat. I'd never give you away. But you've got nothing to worry about. No one will suspect you now that Curtis is dead. His suicide's an admission of guilt. What are you doing there? Turning on a phonograph. Pat, are you going to marry me? I, I can't think about that now. You'd better think about it, Pat. Remember, I can send you to the electric chair if I want to. Oliver. Oh, let go of me. You're hurting me. Yes, Pat. I can't have you. No one else will. Of that music, Pat. What are you doing? Take your hand away from my throat. Listen to it, Pat. No, don't. You're hurting me. Don't. Nicky, I told you to ring the bell. Look, they're naked. No. Let her go, Oliver. Let her go or I'll fire. Oh, he was necking with intent to kill, I think. Well, you're not so wrong, Pat. He's been doing a lot of killing tonight. What are you talking about? The game's up, Oliver. You're under arrest for murdering Mrs. Curtis and her husband. You're crazy. I didn't kill Mrs. Curtis. Pat did. She just confessed. Did you, Pat? Well, yes. 
But I didn't know the gun was loaded. Give me your purse, Pat. Gun's inside it, all right. That's the gun that killed Mrs. Curtis. Yes, Oliver. Maybe I made a mistake. Come here. What do you want? Just this gun you had in your pocket. Hi. You see, Pat? It's exactly like the one you had. Except that it's filled with blanks. Pat, just what happened when you killed Mrs. Curtis? Well, I was waiting in the record booth for Oliver. She came in, turned up the record, and started a quarrel. She threatened me with a knife. I got frightened, pulled out the gun... And it went off before I knew what happened. Then I ran out. I didn't mean to kill her. You didn't kill her, Pat. Oliver here killed her. The gun you fired was filled with blanks. You don't know what you're talking about. There's no use pretending, Oliver. You switched guns with Pat, then you went to Googie Gilbert's. You slipped into the back room while Nora and I were talking to Marty. Marty came in, you jumped in, grabbed his gun, and killed him with it. You made it look like a suicide. Then you opened the window of the back room and escaped. Oh, isn't he amazing, Oliver? Oh, thank you, dear. But Oliver's amazing, too. I uh, want to congratulate you, Oliver. You nearly got away with one of the greatest psychological crimes of the century. You really think so? What do I say? You won't take me alive. Nicky, he's going for the window. Oh! Is Nick coming here today, Nora? Mm-hmm. On his way back from police headquarters. Hello, Molly. Hello, dear. Hello, Benny. How are you? Fine. I'm ready to give out with my lecture where I left off. Oh, uh, not yet, Benny. I'm going to turn that record off. All right, now, Nicky. Tell me how smart you were. Okay, Ben. See, Oliver was in love with Pat. Mm-hmm. His problem was to get rid of Martin Curtis. So he bumped off Mrs. Curtis. Well, why? Did he hate the whole family? Well, he knew that Curtis was an ex-con and would be under suspicion. He confessed at headquarters that he had access to Curtis' apartment. He, he typed those letters on Curtis' machine. Oh, to, to, uh, brain Curtis. Right, and to win Pat. He typed those threatening letters to Pat, and when she got scared, he got a gun for her. His plan was to make Pat think she committed a murder, and that he, Oliver, the great hero, was protecting him. Oh, a sort of, um, homicidal love affair. Oh, for He became friendly with Mrs. Curtis, who was separated from her husband, wanted him back. He told her to threaten Pat with a knife after convincing her that this would scare Pat into giving up credit. And uh, Oliver arranged for them to meet here in the record shop. That's right. When Mrs. Curtis began waving the knife, Pat shot, just as Oliver the psychologist said. Well, how did you know Curtis wasn't a suicide? Well, there were no powder burns in his temple. And that window in the back room was open. Oh, yes. And um, when were you sure that Oliver was killed? After I spoke to Gallagher on the phone. He told me some of the shells they found were blanks. I had an idea that the shells in Pat's gun were blanks when she fired at me and missed, but I couldn't be sure. Hmm, Oliver was quite a boy. All right, Benny, that clears up everything. You can start lecturing Nicky again. Uh, Ludwig van Beethoven's romance is a hunk of music that speaks of love. The thing which happens to all of us, even the lowly earthworm. The people have been known to commit murder for love, not earthworms. Which proves that civilization ain't civil. And earthworms are smarter than people. Only they don't have as much fun. And so we leave Nick and Nora Charles to the tender mercies of their musical guide, Benny. Both apparently untouched by what should have been an enlightening experience. Nora and Nick, I hate to say this, 
but I'm afraid you're hopelessly square. Oh, no, 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 don't go yet, my friend. We haven't visited the green room, where the players are rehearsing our next performance. Come with me, please. Come. Come, come. <laughs> I've been reading a book. Ah. No, that's not the title. The title is Great Detectives of Yesteryear. Well, that any? It may strike you as a revolutionary idea, but there seem to have been some. Primitive tumblers, no doubt. That's not what the guy who wrote this book thinks. Can he think? He says there'll never be detectives as great as they were. Fiddlesticks. What could they do that I can't? Walk a hundred yards? That's simply substituting sweat for intelligence. I'm not so sure. Some of the things they did were terrific. For example, they could take one look at a man and tell you how old he was, where he was born, what he had for breakfast that morning, and whether he was intelligent or just an isolationist. Charles Archer. You could do it? Naturally. I don't believe it. What would you like me to do? Give you a demonstration? Sure. Yeah. Bar is no contribution to conversation. Me, I think you're hedging. I'm doing nothing of the sort. It's simply that. Let's forget the whole thing. After all, you are not perfect. You have your failings. You're entitled to a few. Uh, warm for July, isn't it? Archie. Although there have been warmer Julys, on the other hand, there have been colder ones. Taking them all... Archie. Get up. I, uh... I'm up. Spend it. You know where the door is. Of course, you're not banishing me from hearth and home. Go through it. Stop the first man that passes this house. Bring him to me. You understand? A glimmer begins to light up my mental darkness. Nah. I look at him and tell you his profession, his matrimonial status, his habits, and many other little things about him you might like to know. You will? I said so, haven't I? I know, but, boss, should a man of your weight get so far out on a limb? Okay. I'm going, and I'll be back with a $64 question. Hey, do you recognize those two people? Huh? Well... He'll be some gentleman. He's none other than a great detective. And he'd be the last to deny this. Nero Wolf. Also present was Archie, Mr. Wolf's confidential secretary and trusted assistant. And since it takes nothing short of an act of God to get Nero farther away from his easy chair than a dinner table or bed, I guess you'd call Archie his legs, too. Well... With Archie doing the footwork, Nero Wolf solves a rather unique mystery in our next play. The case of the last, last murder. This is Peter Lorre closing the doors of the mystery playhouse. Good night. Good night. Forces Radio Service. Welcome back. Well, uh, that preview was 
kind of interesting, except we'd already seen the episode, but that's how they uh, pitched it on uh, Mystery Playhouse. Um, I do have to say that, as a whole, the only people who are more suspected of being potential murderers than uh, by mystery writers, other than other mystery writers, are uh, students of psychology and a psychologist. Of course, we don't have a Christmas episode of The Thin Man to play for you, but that doesn't mean there weren't episodes made. Uh, genuine, generally, they centered around uh, Santa Claus. Uh, the Digital Deli uh, has a log, and here's some of the Christmas episode. 1941, Santa comes across. 1943, Santa leaves a clue. 1944, the case of the misplaced Santa Claus. 1945, the case of the slippery Santa Claus. 1947, the case of the sinister Santa. Um, and, uh, let's see. And uh, no other uh, Christmas episodes listed that we can delineate as Christmas. It's just kind of funny that they have so many Santa episodes Riders may have gotten into perhaps a little bit of a rot. All right, well, we have a comment from a listener, Tim. Uh, Tim writes in, Adam, to start with, I really enjoy your show. My daughter, age 21, discovered you on iTunes and excitedly told me about your great detective show. I listened to an episode or two and decided to start from the beginning. I'm not an iTunes kind of person. I dislike nearly all Apple products. So I subscribed to your RSS and began downloading episodes starting with episode zero and burning them to CD. Fortunately, my car CD player handles MP3 files, so I'm able to put about 50 episodes on each CD. I listen to great detectives on my way to and from work and other longest drives. I'm able to listen to 8 to 12 episodes a week that way, although your commentary delivery style was a bit off-putting at first. Uh, did someone comment idiosyncratic? Uh, I soon got used to it and now look forward to your commentary almost, almost as much as the radio plays themselves. Well, thank you so much for your kind comments, Tim, and glad we're keeping you company on your commute. All right, well, that'll do it for now. We'll be back uh, tomorrow with Nero Wolf. Send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Um, become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.greatdetectives.net. And you can always give us a call, 208-991-4783. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.